Hey, all you fantastic listeners out there. Scott West is back, and he and I are going to talk about two more issues of Tomb of Dracula. These are really important issues going forward uh, in this series, first and foremost, because we see a new antagonist for Dracula here, another villain, so uh, it's always cool to see some villain-on-villain action. And then, of course, we uh, dive deeper into the origin of Blade as well, so definitely stay tuned as we talk about these two really fun comics and uh, expose this uh, really fun origin for Blade and this new villain for Dracula. We're passing Castle Dracula, and look! Oh, nonsense! That old vampire has been gone for years! I rule Transylvania now, and I intend to keep it peaceful. What's that? Yes, Mum. Beg pardon, sir. May I be of assistance? Yes, I think you can. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the Bronze Age of Horror Comics. And it's one of my favorite weeks out of the month because we are going to be talking the tomb of dracula and when i say we i mean my compadre scott west how are you man hey man doing good thanks for having me back on this yep. uh, dracula journey mm, so yeah if you you know you and i both uh, have uh, these crazy color trades that came out you know i don't know mm-hmm. it was like 2010 or 2011 somewhere in there before the epics got started so we're starting the the second volume here and when mm-hmm. I was kind of looking at it, I did uh, notice something on the back here that threw me for a loop. You know, it says there's a parental advisory on the back. I was like, what? Oh, wow. I never noticed that before. <laughs> right? Yeah, I right. know. Parental I probably, advisory. I probably had these for 10 years and I never noticed that. I thought, <laughs> seriously, a parental wow. advisory on this? I mean, yeah, there is some wild stuff, but still, it's, you know, it, wild and it was like 70 1973 74 like come on man really yeah that seems really strange considering what you can get now although <laughs> yeah. i am looking at the uh the last issue in here with um lilith dracula's daughter she is wearing a pretty low-cut uh sexy number there so <laughs> yeah she's all the way down to her navel there yeah just about, maybe that's maybe that's what it's about <laughs> Yeah, I am, and I am looking forward to talking about the giant size books uh, with you because I've only ever talked about number four uh, ever on a podcast, and that's, it's my all-time favorite. And you, mm-hmm. you'll love that one. It's cool. It, it's completely gonzo, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I do love uh, Lilith too. She's a good character because, yeah. well, I don't, I don't, I won't spoil it, but it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's not what you. Lilith really, she's, she's not really all about what you think she'd be all about being Dracula's daughter. So oh, I'll just, no. I'll just, I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> okay. That's a great but, tease. 
<laughs> yeah, but, you know, we're jumping in here, like I said, starting this second volume of these trades, which, uh, you know, we're going to cover the first two issues in this book, which is uh, Tomb of Dracula 13 and 14. So uh, really looking forward to talking about these because Marv now, he's had a few issues under his belt and mm-hmm. he starts to get into a bit of a groove here, right? Oh, yeah. And he's uh, he's going to introduce some new stuff. He's bringing back some old characters. Well, old, a couple issues ago. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, he's, he's going to start um, weaving in some some plot lines into the main story. And I, I really like these these two issues. These were really fun. Yeah, they're really, really good. And like you said, there's going to be a, a villain popping up in these two issues, just like a tiny little, you know, drip and drab of uh, a storyline to come over the next few issues and culminate, mm-hmm. I think, in it's issue 20 or 21. But then it's something that uh, comes back again, too. But we'll yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll eventually get there. Yep. <laughs> I don't want to want to put the cart cart before the horse here. But, right. Uh, <laughs> All right. Well, you know, now with that all being said, uh, why don't we just take a quick little break here and it'll seem like, you know, seconds for everybody, but it'll be like a a nanosecond for you and I. And then we'll come back and we'll uh, talk about the insults of Dracula from the (laughs) previous two issues. So uh, we will be right back. Okay, we are back, and it is time for the insults of Dracula. So, <laughs> in the last two issues, there, Tomb of Dracula eleven and twelve. Uh, once again, the word "fool" and different incarnations of the word "fool" are hands down, yeah, are hands down his favorites. He called people "fool" or "fools" uh, seven times over those two <laughs> issues. <laughs> But then he had some, you know, he had some good uh, different iterations of it. He uh, had insufferable fool. That's mm-hmm. a good one. That is a good one. And then insolent fool. That's another good one, too. Yeah. And then uh, he got so annoyed with Rachel Van Helsing and her stupid crossbow. He called her, uh, <laughs> her he called uh, her, her arrows uh, a foolish shaft. <laughs> <laughs> wow. A rare uh, insult, not at a human. At an inanimate mm. object. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't do that often, but he does. Yeah. I know it, the last time we did an insults, uh, I think on our last episode, we kind of went over like the whole, it was a long list because I think we did the first 10 issues. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> all wrapped up in one. And one of my favorites was when he called, uh, somebody pulled a gun on him and he called the gun a toy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so he doesn't do that often, but when he does, it's good ones. And yeah. uh, okay, another good one. Uh, he called Blade a knife tossing fool. <laughs> I love it. And then he went to a club at one point in the issue uh, where the, he was trying to find that biker gang. And he went to a club and found some guy right. there with a bunch of uh, ladies. And he said it was all foolish dancing. And so he's just not a big <laughs> fan of that. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Fool, all this foolish he, dancing. He might have had a point there. <laughs> yeah. Oh, absolutely. And then I can't remember who he directed this at, but he called somebody a foolish woman. You know, oh. that, that not sure who that was, but they were on the uh, wrong end of one of his uh, insults. Yeah. And then here's another good one. He called somebody a dolt. That's always great. <laughs> yeah, I love dolt. Mm-hmm. And then I think he called uh, the bikers a few of these. One of them is scum. I think yeah, he, he right. them <laughs> And then when he was uh, talking about uh, the dearly departed Clifton Graves, he said about him and his bungling. That's <laughs> 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 I like that. Uh. <laughs> And Can't even did, leave him alone after he's dead. <laughs> yeah, even after the guy's dead, he's calling him names. That's great. But and then he did call the uh, 
the motorcycle uh, enthusiast juvenile a juvenile street gang he called yeah. <laughs> and he also called them hoodlums mm-hmm. and miscreants oh that's uh, yeah miscreants a good that's a good insult and then at some point i think he was talking about either frank or maybe the vampire hunters uh, in general and said they are too thick to learn <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Uh, that's original. Yeah. Calling somebody <laughs> thick, thick, thick headed. I like that too. It means they're yeah. dope. Yeah. It's awesome. <laughs> and then he, he called somebody a moron too. And I thought, wow, that seemed a little oh, beneath him calling yeah. somebody a moron. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> wow. He's usually a little more regal with his insults than moron. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's a little surprising. <laughs> oh, and then he did call the uh, vampire hunters a bunch of pesky flies. <laughs> that's, that's pretty good. Uh, I like that one. And then, of course, my favorite insult of all for Taj, the silent oaf. Mm, yeah, I think that mm-hmm. one comes around a few times. Yeah, that is his favorite insult for poor Taj. He's, yeah. He has to pick on his uh, being mute. <laughs> yeah. But I'm not sure who he called this uh, a group of people, but he called a bunch of people mindless swine. Ooh, nice. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, I think he, again, this is another one directed at Harker and uh, the crew, hapless band. Mm, yeah. And then he called somebody an idiot as well. I can't remember who that was. Just for good measure. <laughs> yep. And then uh, he blasted Frank Drake with, he called him a weak need descendant. <laughs> yeah. Frank's, uh, Frank's taking a beating. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. So, yeah, there we have it. The From 10 and 11, the uh, insults. I'm sorry, 11 and 12, the insults of Dracula. Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> All uh, right. So, yeah, why don't we uh, dive in here? We're going to start off with uh, Tomb of Dracula 13, and this is cover dated October 1973. All right. And this is a uh, cover by Gil Kane and Tom Palmer with, you know, maybe some facial uh, uh, mm-hmm. redraws by our buddy uh, John Romita. And uh, so what do you think of this one? I actually really like this cover. I um, I prefer Gene Colan covers, but this one is actually pretty great. It's got a claustrophobic feel. They're um, they're in a tomb. Dracula's in his coffin, and everybody has a stake. Well, except Rachel, she's got her crossbow that is useless. But um, <laughs> and everybody else has a stake. And she's and, pointing it at the ceiling as well. I'm like, what are you doing? Yeah. It's... <laughs> to heck? Um, but Dracula <laughs> looks uh, really pissed off. And it, I think it's a great cover. It's mm-hmm. just a total horror comic cover. No, yeah, it's a good. No extra good, stuff. Yeah, it's a good perspective shot. It's like as if there's a camera above all this going on. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's really... rise out of the coffin. Looks like he's got. <laughs> laid by the wrist trying to keep one of the uh one of the stakes well blade's knife and then but uh quincy and taj both have stakes aimed at him too so it's not looking good for dracula yeah taj's i almost think it was drawn a little too thin that it would break very easily yeah it's pretty flimsy looking (laughs) but it but it's a really really good cover i really like it a lot it's it's great and yeah my only complaint would be you know like i said rachel the crossbows, yeah. you know, pointed at the ceiling. I'm thinking, like, use it to try to, like, you know, uh, get Dracula, like, hold him down by the neck with it or something. Like, you know, right. like, do yeah. something. But Do something. 
<laughs> yeah, and and the funny part is she's usually just as like tough and you know going after Dracula, but they kind of portray her a little bit like you know I don't want to say cowering. That's not really fair, but kind of a little bit scared while the men are getting all the action that's here. true yeah her facial expression is different everybody else is like grimacing and well you can't see taj's face but uh yeah she does look a little yeah kind of weak and fearful I, i'll give yeah i'd agree with that she's the yeah. weak of the cover but other than that it's pretty great yeah gene doesn't typically draw her like that on the interior pages usually marv draws her as being pretty tough and you know yeah. she'll be the first one to jump into a fight Whereas, you know, there she looks like, get me out of here, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> she she looks a little danger-prone Daphne there. <laughs> uh, so, oh, well, all right. So why don't we get into this? So this one is called To right. Kill a Vampire. And it's a script, Marv Wolpen, uh, pencils, Gene Colan, inks and colors by Tom Palmer, and letters, John Costanza. So, you know, yeah, we got Tom Palmer uh, doing some colors. I think early on here in the you know the next 10, 15 issues, you might color you know every other issue or quite a few of them, but I think that fades after a while and they get a you know like a Glennis Ween or somebody on here to color more often than not. But yeah, he does a lot of these early ones. Yeah, I think he did a good job. I I don't have any complaints about the color. I don't think in these. Mm. We'll see as mm. we go through. Yeah, I mean, uh, now on this very first splash page here, I really like this because this will be a running theme that will happen every few issues where. You have all the, the vampire hunters here gathered in, you know, Quincy's, you know, living room or whatever. And uh, they're just kind of, uh, you know, if you remember from our last uh, recording in uh, issue uh, 11 there, I guess it is, was when uh, uh, Edith Harker was killed. Yeah. I'm sorry, I issue 12. Edith had been killed. So, uh, you know, they're all kind of in a rough shape here. And, you know, we have Quincy there holding her and Blade and uh, Frank, Frank trying to act all tough at the window. <laughs> yeah. Frank Shaking, shaking his fist his, <laughs> at the bat flying away that you can see there in the window just barely yeah. but yeah pretty somber moment here and you know uh, quincy who's you know kind of crying and you know he just can't believe what happened and then uh blade butts in and says there's a time for morning harker and maybe for you it's now but dracula's loose and who else knows where he might kill tonight now i'm willing to join you people for a while if we do it my way understand and then Frank takes exception to that and tries to get all tough with Blade here, which is kind yeah. of hilarious. <laughs> it's very hilarious because he's like, no, you'll do it our way. And I was thinking, uh, you mean the loser way? Because you haven't <laughs> done anything yet that's worked, Frank. <laughs> yeah. And especially of all the people who speak out him. It's like, um, yeah, <laughs> like as as a team, you're like, oh, for five. Right. And <laughs> in, individually, you're like, oh, for 20. OK, yeah. so. Don't don't even don't uh, don't try to get all tough. <laughs> right. Oh man. Yeah, because you figure at this point we've seen Blade kill some of Dracula's legions, and yeah. Frank. I don't know if he's killed anyone at this point. I I don't think so. He's got his butt kicked a lot. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, Blade has has proven himself to be pretty badass. The, mm -hmm. I really liked the, this opening. Like you said, it's very somber and it's it's actually quite serious. Uh, yeah. it's like a serious moment before we get into some really wild stuff. So I, I did really like this opening. Yeah. And I love how, you know, after Frank is done with his tough guy soliloquy, uh, blade, he takes a shot and like hits him with a shot right below the belt here. He goes, look, who's talking Drake. You're a descendant from Dracula. Aren't you? <laughs> how do we know you're not playing both sides? And I was like, wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they almost kind of go at it, but Rachel gets in between them. He's, she's like, you know, 
we don't have time for this crap. Like, knock it off. And they're like, oh, okay, all right, you got a point there. And then, wow, this crazy panel. uh, It's on page eight of the trade, but I guess it's uh, page three of the comic where, you know, you see Quincy holding his dead daughter there. That's that's pretty, uh, pretty nasty. Yeah, yeah, really subdued colors. He he just looks broken. He looks really broken in that panel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then we get uh, another uh, theme that we see happen every few mm-hmm. issues too, where you know there's like a a would be mugger or rapist trying to uh, uh, get a woman in an alleyway, and Dracula takes that moment to swoop down and uh, mm-hmm. slap slap down the uh, drunken sod. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, there's a there's a lot of this in, in London. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of like drunken rapists would be rapists. Um, these young ladies definitely should not be walking these streets alone. But uh, yeah, once again, Dracula comes in and you think at first it looks like he's helping her because he does. He takes this guy out. And she even thanks him. She thanks mm-hmm. Dracula. And then he says, come with me. Somehow he knows her name, too. Uh, yeah, it's really weird. If you look on that page before, there, the caption box says, Cecile Parker's parents warned her not to take Hyde Street on her way home from the university. In the past weeks, five other co-eds had been killed in the area. And I was like, huh, okay, well, it's not a big deal that the uh, you know omni omniscient narrator knows who she is, but Dracula knowing who she is is kind of weird. But uh, yeah. I, like, I like the rapist name, Old Skinny. Yeah. <laughs> what? Oh, skinny. <laughs> and with two E's, not a Y, by the way. Mm-hmm. Skinny. Yeah, S K I N N E E. Oh, man. Yeah, Dracula makes short work of him. He gives him a pimp slap from out of nowhere. And he, it looks like he probably kills the guy. Yep. And he does say that she says, Oh, thank you. And he goes, Come with me, Cecile Parker. Your new destiny awaits you come into my arms and then i'm guessing you kind of put the whammy on her there and they go into the dark alleyway and she probably yeah, wishes yeah. she would have been with uh, old skinny anyway right yeah these yeah. those last three panels though at the bottom of that page are exquisite i love it it's dracula and and the woman from behind with he's got his arm around her and his cape pulled up and they're walking into the shadows the next panel you just sort of see waist down the rest of them are in the shadows and then that last panel is just the cobblestone street and darkness and a as she's screaming out of those out of that out of that darkness. It's yeah. real good. I love it. I love those panels. <laughs> yeah, and there's not a caption box in them because Gene's artwork, you know, explains mm-hmm. everything. Exactly. I, I love it. Yeah, and I and I do love you know uh, 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 purple prose caption boxes and this and that. I do love that stuff. But every once in a while when they do that, I love mm-hmm. that too because it just really shows how great of a storyteller, you know, visual storyteller Gene was, right? Yeah, I totally agree. And then Dracula on the next page, he does say that, you know, he bitter, I think, but he says, worry not, dear Cecile, you'll awaken soon, still alive, still human, and you'll have forgotten all that has happened here this night. But there will be a time in the future when you will hear my mental call and you shall come to me as my unfailing slave. So I know we've talked about this in the past, how it seems like Dracula can just use, like, hypnotism like his eyes to hypnotize people or he can bite them and suck them dry and kill them and turn them into a vampire or even just kill them kill them Mm -hmm. or even just take a little nibble here and she's going to you know wake up like nothing happened but still he'll have some kind of power over her 
So. Yeah, it's very strange. Yeah, because he didn't turn her into a vampire. But I, I assume that he bit her because she screamed, and then we see her laying down on the ground with him leaning over her. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he's got some powers that are never... I don't know if it's ever fully explained, but you just kind of have to go with it. Okay, this time he's just using her as a, a mental slave. Yeah, and I do love then how he says, uh, you will be another of Dracula's unseen army waiting, but for my signal to rise into action. Farewell, my slave. Farewell. (laughs) (laughs) Always, always with the laughing, right? (laughs) Oh, yeah. He enjoys what he does. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's always good to see somebody that's, uh, you know, enjoys their work. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, and then we get a shot of the uh, Dracula flying by Big Ben, just in case you forgot we were in uh, England, right? <laughs> I think every issue has had a shot of Big Ben. Yeah, I think Gene must have loved drawing that or something because it's in a lot of these. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so what did you think of this bottom panel here with Dracula and his dialogue? Why don't you speak on this? Oh, my gosh. Okay, well, so he says, um, I've I've been too long away from humans. If I am to eventually conquer them, I must know their every whim, their every mood, and where best to observe them than in a place where all passions burst free. Tonight, none shall fall beneath Dracula's hand. Tonight is a night for study. And he's kind of coming down out of his bat form in front of uh, a building that says Sports Arena. And... I didn't know what to think of this at first. I have read these, but it's been a long time. (laughs) What Mm -hmm. it turns out to be is kind of strange, and it doesn't really go anywhere. Um, (laughs) It's a bit odd, yeah. We we get, what is it, like a page, I think, if even. Not even a whole page. No. And um, basically, well, we'll see in in shortly here, but I wasn't sure what sports arena meant. I'm like, okay, well, he's in London sports arena and I couldn't fit. The building doesn't look like a sports arena to me. It looks like a library or something. Yeah. It is uh, a, definitely doesn't look like what's going to happen. It's a, he goes, it's basically a boxing match. He goes to. Okay. I didn't know if you wanted to go there yet or not, but yeah, Dracula's going to take in a boxing match. <laughs> yeah. And he, it's funny too, because he's standing there kind of watching it. And he monologues to himself. Humans, they cry out for peace. Now, this now I will say, this is very true what he monologues here. Mm-hmm. He says, humans, they cry out for peace, then fill these arenas of violence to their fullest capacity. Indeed, they are fascinated by bloodshed, mystified by the very same brutality they crusade to piously, so piously against. And I'm like, you know, he's not wrong there. Right, yeah. He's, <laughs> he's, he's making a point, and I guess he got... I guess just to remind himself of that, and I know we, we're skipping a page here and we'll go back. But Yeah, um, we'll, we'll, we'll dive in on that here. Yeah, but that's it. He goes, he's, he has these thoughts, which I, I think you're right. I think he nails it. We get a couple of panels of guys punching each other in the face. And then essentially he's like, this disgusts me. I'm out of here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And yeah, and he, he yeah, so. he, he he flies away, go finds his coffin, and then like three or four pages, you know, wakes up out of his coffin. So yeah. it's like, okay, that was kind of a weird thing to put in there, unless you know Marv <laughs> was trying to, you know, make a point that that's how he really feels. So he was like, I'm gonna kind of speak through Dracula here. That's the only thing I can think of because yeah, like I said, it doesn't it doesn't go anywhere. It's just sort of presented 
it's really strange mm-hmm. uh, so yeah that's odd but i as, as odd as it is or maybe because it it is that strange i i actually really enjoyed it <laughs> <laughs> it was a really fun like funny weird thing to throw in there but uh, yeah i don't know it doesn't bother me in the least <laughs> yeah no it was great it's like okay yeah dracula let's see what's going on with the with the boxers and and he doesn't he's not into it so nope. Not at all, but one really important thing happens here while he was uh, observing this boxing match. So we have a single panel of the uh, lamp post here and the London Morgue Division of Scotland Yard, which, again, it's one panel, but it's purple. And there's a little box that says, now we switch our scene where a muggy heat descends about the London Morgue. And again, it's a very like innocuous kind of panel, but I think it looks really cool. Yeah, <laughs> I do too. Yeah, and inside this uh, morgue, we have a few gentlemen here, and it looks like a, an employee at the morgue is being paid off by these three uh, Asian guys. And you're thinking to yourself, what is going on here? And the one big dude says, Mr. Lowe, this is the man Dr. Sun seeks. And the other guy says, very good, Chen. Our reports were accurate then. Dr. Sun shall be very pleased. And the uh, morgue guy goes, er, you will keep er little bargain a er secret, Mr. Lowe. <laughs> I could lose my bloody job if they found out I was selling you this stiff. And the guy says, all is in readiness, Chen. But first, I wish one last look at. Ah, yes, the puncture marks. Yes, Dr. Mm. Sun shall be very pleased. And we see this uh, victim here is the victim of a vampire bite. Yeah. And you really, unless you went back and looked at previous issues and really you looked at it hard it it, it the, the guy just looks like a regular guy but he does resemble somebody we've already seen oh i was trying to figure out if this was somebody that we knew is it the yeah. biker yes it was that yeah okay brand, i think his name brand. was brand yeah right. mm-hmm. okay <laughs> yeah yeah and then i like the uh, asian guy here that seems to be in charge of this uh payoff says you asked for our silence mr toomey but you worry needlessly. No one shall learn what happened here this night. And the uh, Mr. Toomey, the uh, morgue guy, says, Lord, that's a relief. Why, if even the missus was to learn. And when you flip that page, you see the Asian guy is pulling out a pistol and blasts him right in the face. Yeah, cold-blooded, man. Yeah, bam. That's a good panel. Yeah, it's really good. I didn't expect it either because they've given him money. They're paying him off. And you see that kind of thing all the time. Like, Mm -hmm. oh, yeah, we'll just pay this more guy off and take his uh, corpse. But no, they just flat out murder him. Mm -hmm. Then they grab the money, too. But (laughs) yeah, (laughs) right. (laughs) He says he says about the guy who just mentioned his wife not wanting her to know about it. She will not learn anything, Mr. Toomey, except that somehow her husband was murdered by persons unknown. And then blam. And then, and that he died with only a few paltry pounds in his wallet. And uh, I guess they left him keep what he had on him in his wallet. Yeah. <laughs> but there he lays then dead with his glasses falling off his face. And he says, good night, Mr. Toomey. Please rest in peace. Come. Or he says, Chen, Lin, come. The stench of decomposing bodies here <laughs> is sickening. So, yeah, great little interlude there, man. So that really, again... Marv is putting something in here like, you know, like you said, it's only like literally not even quite a page and a half of, you know, story here, visual and, you know, dialogue. But it's already getting you to think, wow, what's going on here? Yeah, it's very intriguing. And you like they dropped the name Dr. Sun, which is a cool name. Mm-hmm. 
and you're like, what is going on? Obviously, they're looking specifically for vampire victims because he mm-hmm. pulls the sheet and says, yes, the puncture marks. So, yeah, you're like, oh, what's going on? This is cool. <laughs> yeah. And then there's another really good scene here. We switch back to Quincy's house mm-hmm. and uh, somebody says, what do we do now, Quincy? Uh, with Edith dead, her ashes preserved within that porcelain urn. We must again begin our search, Mr. Drake. And that urn's going to come into uh, play in uh, a few issues down the road. Mm. Well, let me tell you. Oh, boy. Uh, yeah. So uh, Quincy, who I have to say, in that panel where he's uh, in his chair with Saint, mm-hmm. and then the, the vampire hunters are there, he looks a little off to me. I don't know what it is. He just looks, something looks a little different about him. Yeah. You know, there's a couple, uh, I think it's this issue. Um, there's a couple of faces that look, they don't look the, like the way Gene's been drawing them, and I'm not sure why. But yeah, I agree. He does look strange in that. It almost looks like, I think the one thing I'm noticing when I really, is he's missing his mustache. Usually he has a mustache along mm. with the beard. That's true. I wonder if that's just the, I'm trying to see if it's drawn and just not colored. Yeah, it's, t- it's tough to tell, but it's definitely yeah. not colored because yeah, you, know, you can't see the white He's there. got like the Abe Lincoln thing going on. Yeah, it looks mm-hmm. it, it looks strange. Yeah, the, I like I do like how the other four are sitting there, two of them on the couch, you know, Frank and uh, Rachel and then Blade and Taj in the background there. It's a really yeah. cool shot. Yeah. But, but yeah, he Wait. says uh, we can't wait any longer. It'll be foolish to avoid another conflict with that fiend in the name of mourning. The dead is a mistake we cannot afford. So, you know, they kind of go back and forth. And then uh, Blade here goes into his origin, like really super into it. And, you know, we see some yeah. really good visuals here about, you know, he explains that, you know, his mother was pregnant and, you know, having trouble I don't know, with the pregnancy, maybe. And then trying to, you know, have the baby. And it says it began just before I was born. This is Blade telling uh, the other vampire hunters with my mother's friends taking care of her as she started going into labor. She was crying out in agony because I was proven I was a tough one even back then, <laughs> which is That's hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, so they called a doctor and I kind of feel like, why did they take her to a hospital? But am I to think these are uh, uh, ladies of the night here? Is that why they didn't go to a yeah, hospital? Yeah, it's, it's not uh, stated specifically, but something about the way it's drawn and told that's kind of the impression i get yeah i don't want to you know say anything bad about blade's mother maybe he'll come after me yeah (laughs) but uh yeah i'm thinking that's what they're trying to get across almost without saying it i don't know if that was something they were afraid to do with the comics code or something i don't know but yeah and anyway he uh says how they uh, open the door and i'll never forget that they told me he looked like he was tall taller than most of the dudes they knew and he had white hair, slicked back, and it was long. But the strangest part of him was his eyes. They glowed, even in the down, dulled-down lighting of that place. And then, wow, is this ever creepy? So yeah. this guy's, like, got his little doctor bag, and he goes in the room with this woman who's about to, you know, she's in labor. And then we see a picture of just him, and he yeah. has his fangs out. Wow, how crazy does that look? Uh, it's scary. It's really good. Um he looked this picture the way he's, he's drawn here. He looks like, um, have you seen Blackula? I'm gonna see. Yeah, yeah, it's one of my out. favorites. Yeah, he yeah. he looks like the Dracula in Blackula to me. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. From With the, the white now. hair and everything, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, this this panel, 
his eyes are red and his fangs are bared and there's a little gleam coming off but mostly he's in shadow it's really good yeah, and it's creepy because you just sit here and think about it and obviously i'm a dude but if i would try to like think to myself okay if i'm a chick and i'm just like a random chick and some mm-hmm. big scary looking dude comes into a room where it's just he and i yeah and he looks real creepy and then what are you gonna you know just try to just try to defend yourself if he does anything and then now you're in labor like what are you yeah. supposed to do yeah she's totally helpless yeah this is a terrible situation um mm. it's pretty messed up mm-hmm. <laughs> hey <Mark>. yeah <laughs> what are you doing here man <laughs> yeah she's really vulnerable here and then that next page where he's like bearing down on her neck and she's screaming uh, she's screaming and her mouth is wide open look at the eye that's mm. God, Gene is just on fire here. Yeah, and so he bites her, and then as she screams, eventually the other three women that are there uh, come busting in, and I'm a little kind of like thinking, "Eh, I don't know that he just, like, jump. he jumps out the window like he's afraid of these women for some reason, and I don't understand why, because I just feel like, you know, they don't have a cross or anything, so why didn't he just, like, you know, bite them or whatever? Because obviously... We're going to find out down the road, and I think it's pretty far down the road. He's not uh, at Dracula's level, but he's not far off. Like, he's like, you know, if Dracula's like a 10 on the BA scale, he's like a 9. Oh, geez. Okay. Yeah, Yeah, because even stranger than that he would run away from them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's a there's actually a confrontation between him and Dracula way down the road. I'm looking oh, forward to that. It's, it's oh, yeah, good. it's good. <laughs> um, but yeah, I guess yeah, the only else? thing I can think of is it gives Gene uh, an opportunity to draw a really cool panel of him jumping out the window because I do like that. <laughs> I like that panel. <laughs> yeah, he goes smashing through this like probably at least second if a third story window, and it says yeah. they tried to stop him, meaning the women. But he leaped across the room like a demon possessed, broke through the glass and disappeared into the night. And then uh, we switch to, you know, back in the present and, you know, Blade finishing off telling the story, he says, but there was no stopping me from being born. And you know something they say when they slap me, I never cried. And that I never cried once as a baby. (laughs) (laughs) Just too cool. Too cool. (laughs) I'm surprised he didn't say he slapped the doctor back or something. (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah but yeah blade here he goes then he says maybe i'm just saving it all till after i find that stinking mother killer (laughs) yeah Yeah, i love his dialogue and then uh there's a shot of him you know going across the crazy awesome carpet here in uh, quincy's Mm -hmm. house and quincy's there with saint too and he says so don't hand me any of your bull about mourning the dead because i've been through it all before and i'm still living with it every time i look in the mirror and realize that a woman died giving birth to me me yeah so he really (laughs) yeah he really lays into them here about you know don't be giving me your sob story and yeah then we we switch to uh the english countryside here we see dracula it's it's getting uh closer and closer to morning so he is flying back to uh his uh residence here wherever that may be and uh we see uh uh, it looks like (laughs) at first i thought it was a carnival but it is not it is a uh, we'll we will see in the next issue it's uh Mm -hmm. like a like an old school, like uh, religious revival tent that just like 
you know how they have like pop-up events nowadays well this is it was yeah. like a pop, pop <laughs> a, a pop-up religious event right. yeah. back then in the uh, english countryside i don't know if they were a thing or this is just marv thinking they were a thing but yeah That's it's what i was uh, wondering too yeah, Dracula flies over, and I love that panel where it shows the bat, like, really big. It almost looks like he's peering down at them, like his little bat head is almost turned down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think he's taking notice. I think that's mm-hmm. a great panel. I like the way the wings are kind of twisted, too. So, yeah. I don't know if I've seen exactly that uh, pose for the bat before. I like the one before that, too. I like the purple-pink dawn sky and the bat flying over. I'm a fan of the bat panels. They always look great. Yeah. The, yeah. Those and the transformation panels are usually ace. Yeah. Yeah. The caption box reads for an instant, the bat forgets its silent promise and swoops downwards towards the unsuspecting crowd. And I'm thinking, what do you mean? Un- is promise. And I thought, Oh, do they mean that he, no one would fall below his hand tonight or something? Oh, right. Maybe. Yeah. I, thought, yeah, I was that a little mean? confused that too. That, I guess. It's a weird promise to make, but okay. Yeah, if I yeah, if I was Dracula, I wouldn't be making those promises because he's got a pretty bad temper. Yes. <laughs> uh, and, uh, and then you see him flying away, but a cop notices this bat. And this is something I do love that Marv does throughout, showing that not only does Dracula have these people that he's hypnotized and bitten that are his uh, minions, but uh, also Quincy Harker over the years has made friends with uh, many people. And there's many people that believe mm-hmm. in his cause and believe in vampires and will, will report to him uh, when they see, you know, what they think is Dracula or just even some crazy bat flying around. They, they, you know, tell him about it. Right. Yeah. I like that too. It, it really weaves uh, a, like a larger world that you feel like you're a part of because it does have these, um, uh, tangential characters that crop up now and then uh it's a cool idea and it makes sense too that that quincy wouldn't want to be doing all this on his own that he would uh bring in other people to help them Mm -hmm. and then dracula he's getting back to where his uh coffin is which it looks like it's daylight already but uh okay (laughs) but (laughs) he's apparently going to a mortuary and uh he has you know some uh monologuing here and he talks about, you know, uh, all the people, you know, over the past 500 years, they're arrogant and they're this, they're that. And he says how he's going to, you know, uh, get revenge on, you know, the blades of the world. And he says about his damnable knives. And I thought, oh, I think they're trying to show it looks like you could see a scar on Dracula's face from the last time mm-hmm. he ran into them and he got slashed. It looks pretty nasty. Yeah, that's a good panel, too. There's definitely a scar on the left side of his face. Um, and I don't think yeah so i went back a few pages there is one panel with him in profile uh where he's kind of lit a sickly green and i didn't really notice it but if you go back and look once you once you see that there's a scar there you can't miss it so uh, i think that that's consistent Mm -hmm. yeah pretty good by gene there and then (laughs) so we see uh the vampire hunters here and Quincy gets a phone call in his car phone, by the way, which is pretty rad. Yeah. That he's, yeah. Know, <laughs> it's the 70s and he's got a car phone. But uh, they say that they have a fix on a bat that was spotted. So they're blasting out to the countryside to uh, uh, go uh, figure this uh, out here. And for some reason, I can't remember what they say here, but 
they uh, hit up the local post office. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they go in and there's a dude there. And of course he's got a pipe and uh, <laughs> Harker says, sorry to bother you so early, but, and uh, the guy says, don't hardly see no one in these hours, but you're welcome. And he goes, name's Jasper O'Connor. Of course. Yeah. Sounds a little more Irish than English. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And he goes, what can I be doing for you? And uh, he says, looking for a bat. Why? Yeah. I seen a large bat flying yesterday. I think it was going yeah. south. And he goes, yeah. Why are you asking? And Blade <laughs> says, we're asking. That's all. You see a strange dude, about six foot five, red eyes, looks something like this. And he has this <laughs> fairly <laughs> cartoony drawing. It looks like a 10-year-old. <laughs> he shows the guy. But oh, he shows it to the guy, and the guy basically goes into this trance, right? Yeah. Yeah, as soon as he sees it. Yeah, this whole <laughs> I couldn't help but laugh at this because, I, I mean, I think the description alone, six, you know, six foot five, that's pretty exceptional right there. Widow's Red peak. eyes. <laughs> yeah. I, that's all you need. I don't know that you even need to show this picture that looks like, like you said, like uh, somebody's kid drew it for <laughs> at school. Um, but yeah, as soon as he sees it, his eyes go into like blank staring mode and he just kind of goes, oh. And um, it's actually a good panel. There's like a spotlight on him just, mm -hmm. you know, for us, just showing like something's going on. And yeah. Uh, yeah. So something's going on with this guy. Yeah. And it's great. So, you know, Quincy's like, look at him. He's, you know, his eyes are glazed over. He's under some sort of hypnosis and we must be getting close. And as they go booking out of the post office, you can see uh, there's two mm -hmm. white marks on this dude's neck, right? Yeah. Yeah. He's definitely one of those. I guess like the woman earlier where Dracula got a hold of him and, and now he's uh, his mental, what do you call him? His mental slave. So, mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. And then we bounce over to the uh, mortuary and he popping out of his, uh, it must be the next evening because he's popping out of his coffin here. He says, so Harker and his stalwarts have found me. So I guess he's got some kind of mental connection with this guy. That's what I'm uh, thinking, that he can read these people's minds probably, or they're sending him, yeah, telepathically mm -hmm. what's going on yeah and he says very well then my longtime foes and i thought longtime foes like what two weeks or yeah <laughs> two months maybe even like come on man really <laughs> he says we shall meet and before this night has fled forever you shall all lie dead at the feet of your master dracula, <laughs> dracula. and they have yeah look at this like that that quick they have uh tracked them down right yeah there, there they are. <laughs> he just gets up, looks out his window. There's the headlights. Mm -hmm. They have arrived. Yeah. And I love how his attitude is. All right, bring it. Like, he doesn't think, oh, no, they found me or anything like that. He's just so arrogant and so sure of mm -hmm. himself that he's like, all right, come on in. And literally, they just kick the door in and go right at him. And, hey, yeah, like wait a minute. It, a, a bolt from a crossbow actually seems to have almost or barely hit Dracula. Yeah, I'm, that's the closest it's come to doing anything. It, it does pin his cape for like a second. Um, mm -hmm. <laughs> it's, it's at least a distraction, which is more than uh, Rachel's been able to do so far. So I'm going to give her that one. <laughs> yeah, and he and he, uh, you know, goes kind of gets pinned to the wall for like a second. And then he does say, it shall do you no good for all your arrows are useless against yeah. me. As useless as your idiot knives shall be soon when you are dead in your moldering grave. 
<laughs> wow. Oh, man. Yeah, because here comes Blade. He's next up. Well, he's actually first in, but mm-hmm. um, before he can get to Dracula, she shoots the arrow. But yeah, but Blade's coming on. He's got his knife drawn, and uh, Dracula, <laughs> still you attack, you mindless clod. <laughs> Haven't you realized you've met your master? And he just oh. picks Blade up and tosses him. Yeah, like a baby, like right across the room, chucks him, yeah. like hits a wall, and he goes, uh, what you see or believe matters little in the sum, in the scheme of things, Blade. And he goes, all that is important is that Dracula has lived 500 years and shall never be defeated by one such as you, which, hmm, okay. Yeah. Um, so then we see this is interesting as well. So it all he must have like a dozens and dozens of these like townsfolk, mm-hmm. you know, either bitten or hypnotized because I guess at this point, maybe, you know, he realizes he might be in a little bit of trouble here. So he kind of mentally reaches out to these people that uh, they start coming towards the mortuary to help him. Right. Yeah. I'm so there, there's obviously some off screen, uh, stuff happening here and i'm just Mm -hmm. assuming when he decided on this mortuary to be where he's going to put his coffin next that he's must have systematically gone through this town and done whatever he does to Mm -hmm. turn these people into his into his slaves to do his bidding um because yeah they just all they have the wide-eyed stare that the the guy at the post office had Mm -hmm. and and they just start marching toward the the mortuary yeah it says they move quietly their minds stolen by one who already possessed them many months before and Mm, now needing their assistance calls them once again to his command so yeah he's fighting four people and then uh you know mentally reaching out to all these other people so dracula's he's 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 got you know he's pretty tough right i mean that's that's a lot Mm -hmm. going on yeah and uh he also, as arrogant as he is, he's also got a plan. He's got backup. He's not just uh, not just relying on on his awesomeness. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's a cool idea. I actually I like it a lot. Yeah, and then he grabs Rachel and says he's about to uh, sink his fangs deeply and drink her warm, rich blood. And then Taj comes blasted after him, and he goes calls him his foolish protector and. Uh, he just grabs Taj. I don't know if it's like with his momentum coming forward and yeah. just chucks him right out a window and laughs yeah. while he's doing it. I just love that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right through the window. And um, in, as he says, let's see, what does he say? I'll put him down, but not on this concrete floor. No, rather in the frigid waters that churn beneath this hilltop morgue. So, yeah, he goes out the window and into the water. Yeah, there's like a river right on the other side of this you know, yeah. mortuary, and he chucks him right in. And then we get another shot, which this is a really interesting panel, too, what Gene did here. So the mm-hmm. background is just all red, and then I don't know if that's some kind of – it's not cross-hatching. It just looks like a bunch of dots. I don't know how they did this. Yeah, it's a weird um, – I don't know what that is either. It's some sort of uh, – duo tone or something it's definitely not something you see no it's really different but i i like its effectiveness because it's red background with all these little black dots all over it mm-hmm. and the how the mortuary is all grayed 
but then there's a little bit of green for the grass underneath and then yeah. it's really really a cool you know panel with all the choices for the art color and everything here really neat and then it says about calling these people zombies too which is cool yeah yeah that panel really pops i love that red and uh however they got the effect on the mortuary too it looks like some mist floating maybe in front of it because mm -hmm. it's definitely uh kind of faded compared to the rest of the color it looks really cool yeah if anybody's into comic book art and knows whatever that process is you know then you have this i'll even put a picture of it out there to see if anybody can say what's going on there because i i i'm not uh, yeah i'm not uh, in depth enough with uh comic book artwork especially yeah. stuff from the bronze age to know what kind of process that was i have no clue you could do that with a computer nowadays like with a couple of mouse clicks but sure. how they did that with their printing process back then i have no clue yep me either <laughs> well, yeah, the only one left at this point that's still not, you know, KO'd or whatever is uh, poor Quincy. So, you know, they're all down and he, uh, you know, Quincy's like, uh oh, I I'm I'm in deep here. And then Dracula's like, at least you admit your inevitable defeat. And <laughs> <laughs> Quincy, Quincy, man, he's not screwing around. He goes, you misunderstand, demon. I admit nothing. Save the fact that it shall be my wooden darts, which will end your hellish life. And he blasts him at him and he has actually had success. He's after this mm -hmm. panel, he's he's 50 50. Yeah, so it, it, he already has used these and hit and hurt Dracula really bad. But this time Dracula is ready for him and uh, uh, mocks him while he turns into a mist here. Right. Yeah. Does his little mist trick. But um, Dracula gets a little cocky here. A little too. Mm -hmm. cocky. Yeah. He comes back from mist form and tries yep. to like bear down on Quincy. But he took his eye off of uh, the other opponents. And uh, that's a huge mistake. Yeah, because uh, here comes Blade, and we know we know how tough Blade is. <laughs> mm -hmm. He's well, he's actually on the floor, right in front of Quincy on the previous page, the next to right. last page. So, but he's kind of acting as if he's like half out of it. So I don't know if he just got his second wind while the whole poison dart thing was going on. And then Dracula does have a little bit of a, you know, one of his uh, soliloquies here where he's he's I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that as he's yeah. slowly uh, stepping towards Quincy instead of just going over there and doing it. And in the meantime, <laughs> yeah, Blade Blade gets him with the, one of his wooden knives right in the heart. Right. Oh, yeah. And I think this uh, Dracula's verbosity here is his downfall. If he would have just <laughs> <laughs> kept his mouth shut and gone and, and killed Quincy, he probably would have been fine. But mm -hmm. nope. He had to do had to do his monologue and uh, yeah, Blade. Maybe he was faking it, playing possum. Course, you know, yeah, playing possum. And as soon as Dracula was close enough, rises up. But yep, that knife is right in his chest, and uh, it ends with him saying, "Mother of mine, I've finally done it. I've killed Dracula." <laughs> I love it. He had to get a good a good one liner in there. Mother oh, of yeah. mine. <laughs> And Frank just says, look. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Frank's not one for, uh, uh, you know, his 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 words pale in comparison to Dracula, Blade, and even Quincy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah, that, that that's how the issue ends with them killing Dracula. And, you know, when I would read something like this years ago, and I'm, I'm just, like, enjoying it so much, and... I'm also trying to read it with like the sensibilities of when it was written and what kind mm -hmm. of audience it was written for. I'm not thinking, but again, if you just even page back a little bit and you think to yourself, okay, they killed Dracula, but literally his 
army of zombie minions was like almost right outside the door. So right. you need you need to keep that in mind here going forward, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they're not out of the woods just because Dracula's dead. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's going to do it for 13. So let's move on to 14 here. And this is cool. a cover dated uh, November 1973. And this is a uh, Gil Kane and Frank Giacoya inked uh, cover. So uh, okay. what about this cover? This is a pretty good cover. I, I like it. Yeah, it's um adequate. It's it's not blowing me away, but it's not bad. It's cool. Dracula's on some kind of pedestal. Maybe he's in the graveyard, perhaps. Um, looks like he's got Rachel. I'm assuming that's Rachel. Um, in his arms, and and <laughs> the the he's surrounded by the villagers, and they're they're raging at him. And um, the <laughs> the guy in front. I actually, the dialogue's kind of funny to me, but he's screaming, you're doomed, Dracula. We brought you back to life only so that we could kill you again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm thinking, that seems like a bad idea, but. <laughs> yeah, it's like, if you knew who he was, why not leave him dead? That would, yeah, that, there's my first question. And then, <laughs> yeah, I like, uh, Dracula's face looks a little off again. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if that's because, you know, Frank Giacoy is inking rather than Tom Palmer. But, yeah, some of these things here, like the guy holding this, like, it's not even a torch. It's just like a piece of wood that's on fire. He looks like it's about <laughs> two inches away from going up that priest's nostril. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And then yeah, yeah. there's there's some farmer, farmer Ted here holding his pitchfork, and it's like two inches away from that woman's skull. Right, he's gonna impale her or get yeah. the hair tangled in it at, at least. Yeah, uh, it's crazy. Does have a cool full moon, and um, I mean the the composition and other than those two things is pretty cool. Dracula looks pretty cool there, but it's it's all right. It's okay cover. Yeah, it's definitely not one of my favorites, but it's not bad either. It's nothing yeah. that you can really say. Oh, this cover sucks, or it's not yeah. this, or it's no, not, not that. At all. Not at and all. I do, and I do love the 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 you know. The cover blurb here, uh, the vampire has risen from the grave because yeah. uh, that's my favorite Hammer movie. Dracula has risen from the grave. So, oh, yeah. nice. <laughs> <laughs> have to do a, a, a shout out for that. So I'll, totally. I'll, I'll give it a, an extra point for that. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, yeah. So this is uh, Dracula is dead. And this is a story. Uh, Marv Wolfman, pencils, Gene Colan, inks and colors, Tom Palmer and letters, uh, John Castanis. So, so, you know, the band's all here and. Um, all right, well, let's just jump right in. So we, you know, it, it's it, it book it, it backs right up to the previous issue where we have the vampire hunters and they're standing over Dracula and uh, mother of mine, I finally done it. I've killed Dracula and he's laying there dead, like with his hand clutched to his chest. Yeah. That's a pretty good page there. It's all in like blue, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, great splash page. Dracula looks insane here. His hands are like in like a rictus, you know, claw hands. He's got one eye popping open the other one's closed his mouth is open um but yet he's dead but he looks messed up frankly (laughs) it's really cool (laughs) yeah and again i like how they chose this like blue hue Mm -hmm. you know uh instead of just full colors i don't know there's just something really neat about it it's an interesting color choice and i I just i like it it looks really cool i agree it's subdued maybe a little purplish um couple of spots but yeah like a light blue gray i I dig it it's a great opening yeah so okay um i I love 
this series. I love the writer. I love the colorist, the inker, the penciler. But oh boy, so you know, <laughs> they're 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 showing all this, and then they do a close up of Quincy Harker picking up Dracula's hand, and he says, <laughs> "No, no pulse," and his hand feels lifeless. He must be dead. He must. <laughs> Uh, he's already dead. He would not have a pulse. Like, come yeah. on, man. Uh, it's, uh, it's a shame because right after this beautiful, beautiful splash page, the very next panel is just like, wah, wah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I feel like Marv. Come on, man. Like, dude, like he's already dead. And if you're already dead, you're not going to have a pulse. Like no. being a vampire and being able to run around. It's like a supernatural thing. You don't right. need, you know, uh, a pulse. <laughs> To have that going on. Like, come on, man. <laughs> and who more would know that than Quincy Harker, too? Come on. <laughs> mm, yeah, right? I mean, a guy that's a, you know, I'm like the, the king of vampire hunters here. So yeah. it's like, come on, dude. But yeah. <laughs> so, all right, moving on. <laughs> uh, that's okay. Rachel. Just a little blip in the story. <laughs> yeah. It's like, uh, but uh, yeah, Rachel's there. And she goes, I pray he is Quincy. But wait, noises from outside. And she looks outside and... Here come the the village zombies, and I mean, some of these dudes are packing shotguns and knives, yep. and it, it's it'd be bad enough if you know it looks like you know pushing a dozen guys are coming, and it'd be mm -hmm. bad enough if they just had you know fists and you know their brute strength, twelve right. on like three or four, whatever you want to say, but they have a bunch of weapons too, and man, they come to the door and start trying to kick the door in. And we got Blade and Frank here that are trying to stop it from happening. But wow, mm -hmm. what about that panel when those zombified people smash through the door? Yeah, that's awesome. Action, action pack. The grimaces on their faces, they're just, they're not going to be held back. Um, yeah, I like the one above that too, where the guy's just kicking the door too. Yeah, what is he has a pistol in his one hand and he's kicking at the door. And yeah, I love how he, <laughs> yeah the sound effect is smash. Smash. <laughs> <Yeah>. Accurate. <laughs> yeah. That's just great. But yeah, yeah, they are there to, you know, uh, reclaim Dracula, but they start attacking everybody and they're attacking, you know, Rachel and Blade and Frank and everybody. And then you have Frank who looks like he's cowering on the floor <laughs> as Blade's like, you know, about to get roughed up by a dozen people and they're, they're trying their best. But, mm -hmm. you know, eventually the uh, people just grab Dracula and yeah. make off with him, and then everybody's left to pick up the pieces here. And, you know, you're thinking to yourself, what's going to go on? And the caption box says, leaving the hilltop morgue, the hypnotized men lumber silently down the bleak, lonely hill, carrying a burden that may very well mean the death of the human race. But uh, that quickly, we switch back to, you know, another interlude in the uh, the Dr. Sun files here, right? Why don't you speak on that? Okay, yeah, we're... Um... Well, it says now we are on the northern Irish coastline. <clears throat> Excuse me. And uh, we're following a truck going through some gates. And then we see our, our friends. Um, let's see. Low, Mr. Lowe, Chin, and Lynn. But we also meet the mysterious Dr. Sun. And uh, they've got their corpse that they acquired in the last mm -hmm. issue. And Dr. Sun, he's got a little bit of a, I don't know, he's sort of a, not quite a Fu Manchu. He's got a big, full, flowing beard and everything, but maybe oh, a this, little bit of that this, vibe. This guy is Professor Morgo. 
Oh, that's Margo. Right, right, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. He's the head. He's like the number two man. He's the right-hand man for Dr. Sun. Oh, I guess he's the only hands for Dr. Sun. Right. We'll, okay. we'll get into that. <laughs> My mistake. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but they're they're going over, they're looking at this corpse, and they've got him laid out under some uh, pretty cool-looking Frankenstein-like lab equipment. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, they're they're checking him out on the, and they say, no deterioration of cells. Um, only one method exists to learn if this man is all that Dr. Sun needs. So whatever this machine is, they turn it on and they're looking in his eye and let's see, what does he say? Very good, already his iris turns red. (laughs) All seems in readiness now to begin. And then the, the equipment starts to hum and it's still, we're not exactly sure what they're doing here, but it's really cool. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And let's see. So they're basically, uh, they're watching his canine teeth grow. And let's see, what does he say? The growth imperceptible to the naked eye, yet through this device we may observe its progress. Ah, yes, Chin, all my tests are positive. This man is a vampire. (laughs) So, yeah, Professor Morgo is, uh, he says, Dr. Sun shall be pleased. So they're, for some reason... These guys are, looks like they're um, gathering up vampires. Yeah, the caption box reads who Dr. Sun is and why he is interested in vampires shall be further unraveled shortly. And again, Marv's going to keep doing this through the next uh, couple of issues, just showing you a little more and more about this. And then it's, like I said, it's going to culminate in a big, crazy, basically like two issues where it's just nothing but Dr. Sun, Dracula, and Vampire Hunters. And I think that's where I leave off. I don't think I've read past those issues, so I'm mm-hmm. looking forward to seeing what happens. Uh, and I don't actually, I don't remember much about him, so that's gonna be exciting. Yeah, yeah it's yeah, great. It's cool. I like how he's just dropping in the little bits, little hints here and there. There's something going on, and uh, it's obviously uh, going to involve Dracula, but we don't exactly know what yet. Mm-hmm. Yep. So then we get back to uh, Taj and Frank and everybody, and uh, I guess they uh, fished uh, Taj out of the river there. So, <laughs> well, I, Frank. Yeah, Frank. <laughs> Frank, welcome back, you big lug. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, but uh, yeah, here's the the zombies, and they're still carrying Dracula off. But I do find it interesting that now all of a sudden he's in his coffin. And when they carried him out of the house, it was just him they were carrying. So I don't know if that's a faux pas there or what. Yeah, a little inconsistency. I don't know. I'm trying to... It almost looks like Dracula has a monocle there in that bottom left panel, by the way, before his face starts to decay. Oh, it does. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a little strange. Um, yeah, I'm not sure where they got the coffin. Uh, we'll just have yeah. to... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll excuse that one, too. That and the, yeah. <laughs> the, the, heart, the heartbeat or the pulse. Um, right. So, yeah, he starts to deteriorate. But for some reason, I don't get this either. They take them, and you would think, like, they would take them somewhere, like, a secret, like, hideout somewhere, a cave, something like that. And mm-hmm. they just drop them out in the middle of nowhere, out in, like, a forest somewhere. It's like, um, the You're sunlight right. will come up and, like, just, he won't have a chance to come back to life again, number one, because the sun, wouldn't that, you know, like, turn him to dust? I'm thinking, why don't you pull the knife out? Like, what are, what are these idiots doing? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe when he turned them into the slaves, he didn't give them uh, enough. 
information or something. Um, yeah, it's, this whole thing's unraveling a little bit. Um, I also found it interesting that when Dracula died, his hold over these people didn't go with it. Because a lot of times you see that in horror uh, when somebody's, especially vampires, you know, when the when the head vampire dies, like that hold is broken on on the people he turned or whatever. But these people are still hypnotized by him. Um, but yeah, then they just drop him and and. Does it even say where they go? They just turn around and go back, I guess. Just south, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I'm not. it's a little strange. I'm not sure what Mark's doing there, but... Yeah, maybe they're migratory birds, I guess. I don't know. It's, <laughs> it's kind of weird, but uh, this is a really interesting uh, switch of scenes here. So we go mm-hmm. back to those uh, revival tents uh, out there in uh, the boonies, and we see this guy... Uh, Father Josiah Don, and he's uh, dejected because I guess when he first cranked up his uh, revival uh, ministry here, it was busy, you know, lots of people there, this, that, and the other thing, and now nobody's uh, coming to his uh, sermons, which, you know, hey, maybe, you know, 90% of the town's been zombieized by Dracula, so that has something to do with it, dude. (laughs) Yeah, but he basically is just, you know, thinks he stinks at his job, and he starts, like, being pissed off that nobody's there, and Mm-hmm. He uh, gets pissed off and screams, why, why? And he has a Bible in his hand and he chucks it on the ground. And then all of a sudden it kind of hits him like, hey, whoa, I'm supposed to be, you know, this servant of God. Like, I shouldn't be throwing yeah. my Bible around. So he's like, no, Lord, I didn't mean it. And he starts like apologizing. And, you know, you can tell he's really struggling with uh, his mm-hmm. faith and like who he is. And all of a sudden he takes a look and he sees out in the, uh, again, which looks like the absolute daylight here. Yeah. And he sees this bright light and he looks and he goes like jogging over and it's Dracula in the coffin. So are they trying to say because he's been killed and the knife got plunged into his heart that that's why he's not, you know, in the daylight getting, you know, turned to ash here? I don't get it. Yeah, again, it's a little it's super vague of kind of what's going on here. Um, I'm I'm pretty forgiving of these kind of lack of. uh explanation because i think this storyline is really original Mm -hmm. and interesting but yeah i'm not sure what's going on here i I don't know why he's glowing really um yeah but you know (laughs) like i said i i find this uh i find the uh the preacher storyline really original and and cool so i'm gonna i've i was overlooking this stuff but yeah he he walks out. It does look like it's daylight, too, though. That's a little bothersome. But, um, yeah, he walks out there, and he thinks that this is a sign from God, that that God is showing him the way now. And uh, he goes out there, and he opens that coffin, and there is a, a really great picture of a decomposed Dracula with the knife sticking out of his chest. Mm, yeah. There's some really interesting dialogue here. Once he, like, gets real close to it, this... Josiah Don says, Mm. I feel its power, Lord. I feel it burning through me. This is what I needed, Lord. This is the sign. Thank you, O Lord. Thank you in the name of all glory. And I'm thinking to myself, "Um, dude, if God was going to give you a sign that, you know, hey, keep the faith, man. You're doing fine. Just keep doing what you're doing and, you know, things will work out okay. I don't Mm. think he's going to send a casket with a decomposing vampire to give you (laughs) a kind of, you know... uh, (laughs) 
<laughs> just, Seems very unlikely. <laughs> yeah, just just throwing that out there, dude. Hopefully, it'll be something a, a little more positive than that. You know, right? <laughs> he but, says, you know, I, "Oh, sorry." He goes, "I recognize the sign and its purpose, and I see the path you set for me, Lord. And with all the power in my soul, yours is the path I'll tread." And we do see that he does kind of figure out what's going on here. And he does, there is a method to this guy's madness eventually. Right. Yeah, exactly. And I think that his, we're just seeing his desperation is so great. Like you said, the, everything, the dialogue in the previous page and everything is really great to really show that this guy is very troubled about what's going on. And, um, he's just looking for anything. And I think, you know, this is the first thing he sees and to be fair, it's, you know, there's, it's got a supernatural element and he does, he feels a power. So maybe he's mm -hmm. just not thinking right away about what, you know, is this power good or evil? He's just looking for any sign. And I mean, that's a pretty major sign. So, but yeah, yeah. there's, when he says he, he, uh, he sees the sign and recognizes its purpose. You're right. There is uh, something coming up here. He does have a plan now, so. Yeah, it almost feels like he thinks this is a sign from God to get people to come back to his revival, because mm -hmm. I guess apparently he knows the story of Dracula or vampires in general, and he recognizes that's what's going on here. He thinks, uh, basically, right. aha, I will advertise for my revival that I'm going to show somebody that's dead and bring them back to life and then, you know, kill them again. And right. uh, that, that'll show everybody that, you know, this is, you know, that I really do you know, uh, speak or have the power of God or something like that. So, yeah, it's interesting. He's even got uh, little uh, posters that he's tacking up at the local grocery store telling people about it. Yeah, <laughs> it's a you know, and to be honest, if I saw that poster, I would go. I'd go. Check yeah, that yeah. Out. yeah, it looks absolutely. pretty cool. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, if I was grabbing my groceries and saw the dead returns to life, I'm like, all right, let's go. <laughs> yeah, let's check this out. <laughs> i do like how uh uh it's like the the vampire hunters are like well now what do we do we kill dracula you know we don't know where he's at but he's still dead so let's just play some chess like, what? Right. <laughs> why don't you go try to find where those zombies took him no no they gotta play chess it's really important yeah. and taj <laughs> is just reading a newspaper like yeah, oh, yeah. he looks bored Blade's <laughs> just watching the chess game <laughs> yeah, and I'm thinking to myself, and then the only person that seems to be out doing anything is this dope Frank, and he yeah. found the crazy, the poster <laughs> saying about the, uh, you know, the the, the minister here, or priest or whatever, that Josiah Don is having this crazy revival thing, and he's gonna, you know, yeah. bring people back from the dead, and they recognize it's Dracula, so they're like, oh crap, this right. idiot is, he's gonna yeah. bring Dracula back to life, and even if he does try to kill him again, it's like, it's probably not going to work. Like you don't have the experience dude to mm -hmm. fight this dude. So not yeah. good. And then quick, just that quick, the next page, boom, there he is. And he's got some crazy, uh, outfit on here. Uh, he looks more like a yeah. warlock to me than a priest. Yeah, he definitely, yeah. He's changed his image quite a bit. Um, it, it looks like we're being introduced to a super villain at this point. Yeah. And purple uh, is the color of evil in the, the Marvel comics in the early days. You know, the prime. True. Primary covers were usually colors were usually heroes, and secondary colors like purple mm -hmm. and green were evil. So, huh? yeah, <laughs> maybe they're trying to show us something here because uh, obviously this isn't going to go well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very ominous uh, uh, sight here, right? <laughs> yeah, and he's got Dracula propped up, 
in the coffin so everybody can see the corpse, decomposed corpse. It looks really cool. That's a great panel. Mm-hmm. He says, brothers and sisters, tonight's the night for the truthful light of our Lord God. And he says, you may want to see that good life, don't you, brothers and sisters? You want to see the truth, the words of God. Say it, brothers. Shout out to the Lord himself. Hear you screaming. Even if he's way on the other side of the world and the people start screaming, we want the truth, Lord. We want the truth. And Josiah looks like he's going a little nutty here in that box. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's yeah. losing it. He's totally losing it. And then he said, that's not loud enough, brothers. <laughs> Do you want the Lord to think you're not believing in him? Do you want him to look down upon you in shame? Cry out to him, brothers. Tell the Lord you'll love his words. Yea, brothers, scream as loud as you can. And they start screaming. Like, the whole place is in a frenzy now. So uh, he's definitely working up the crowd. Mm-hmm. I think to myself, wow, Marvel was a little ahead of his time here. Wait about 10 years till a lot of those dudes came on television. Like, oh, yeah. Movies. Oh, right. <laughs> man, this is literally like a scene right out of those shows. It totally is, yeah. Mm. And then he says, yay, brothers, the Lord's near in you now, and he's mighty pleased. Now the Lord wants to show you a sign, brothers, sign that it's the Lord who gives life and the Lord who can take it away. That's right, brothers, and he's going to show you, giving back the life to these dried-out bones, these bones of a man who, is, who the Lord himself has punished for his evil ways. And just as he's grabbing the knife, we get a blade. And it looks like Frank there, too, trying to get yeah. through the crowd to stop him. And, of course, there's like a bazillion people there. And they, they can't get through the crowd in time. And he pulls the knife out. And Dracula starts reforming, right? Yeah, yeah. And then another great sequence. That first panel where he's just... His, it's like his eyes aren't quite all the way back yet. And he's yeah, his jaws just kind of starting to like form he looks he almost looks ape-like he does i was gonna say he looks almost like a gorilla or something there and uh and then in the next panel uh there he is he's back and i love blade yelling at the priest man you flipped your collar preacher you're not <laughs> you're not following god because that dude's been damned more times than judas <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's great that that's really good Good dialogue. <laughs> and then Josiah does hear him, and he yells, Blasphemer, you've sinned before the Lord, and he hears your evil words. Brothers, grab him and his friends, and we'll let the Lord himself give these sinners punishment. And I'm thinking, oh, crap. Now what are they going to do? But yeah. Dracula is uh, alive and kicking, and he says, no, preacher, he spoke the truth, and it is you who shall die burning in hell. For resurrecting me, Dracula gives you eternal death. But I'll <laughs> tell you what, Josiah is no slouch here. He immediately yeah. grabs this huge crucifix and starts swinging it at Dracula and says, death, never demon. The Lord gave me no, no, I'm sorry, knowledge of you and your kind. And he spoke unto me of your weaknesses. And right. he, again, he does have this huge uh, thing. And him and all the crowd mm -hmm. get these crucifixes out and start attacking Dracula, right? Yeah. And, um unexpected <laughs> yeah, yeah he's going right at him and that is a huge crucifix and yeah now all the crowd starts advancing on him and i don't know if they i guess these people just carry crosses everywhere i don't know if they were maybe old but maybe on the flyer it says bring bring cross bring your own cross you know B -Y -B -Y -O -C, yeah yeah <laughs> 
You know what? He was uh, probably selling them on the way in for like a buck. Right. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, he flips his lid here as Dracula's going nutty because they're getting all up in his face with these crosses. Mm. This Josiah Don goes absolutely berserk. Yeah. Dracula says, more crosses, but they'll not take me again. I won't permit it. Not now, not ever again. And Josiah Don, who looks completely off his nut, says, yeah. you've no choice, demon. Brothers and sisters, now this is a time to heed the Lord's word. Scream it, brothers. I'm killing Satan's demon. Lord, I'm killing Satan's demon. And they start screaming it, too. We're killing Satan's yeah. demon, Lord. And Dracula's oh like, uh, yeah, that's nice. So he just turns into <laughs> mist and gets away from them. And he says, uh, none may touch the Lord of darkness, lest he so commands. None, that is, who wishes to live. Now you... <laughs> Why don't you say, what, what does he say here? You say, yeah. now you wanton imbeciles. <laughs> now you shall see the full power of Dracula, Lord of the undead. Yeah. Oh. Imbeciles. That's a good and, and this is great because we have not seen this yet, but we see how Dracula does uh, also kind of command the weather a little bit here too, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. This is new. He's, he starts bringing down lightning and a storm and, uh, Looks like some wind and everything. It's full on. Yeah. Indeed. Serve you lowly fools. Look <laughs> skyward as Dracula summons the lightning in itself. It's great. Yeah. So now lightning's like hitting the tent. People are starting to freak out. Mm -hmm. uh, Josiah's holding his ground, though. He's not quite. He's not done for yet. Yeah. The people start to like wet their pants as Dracula yeah. tells them gape in silent awe as it shatters the calmness of the night and rends the dark it rends the star dappled sky dark with storm clouds and yeah he just goes on and on and on and says about what's going to happen to them he's, he's you're going to get crushed yeah you know, the, the life is going to get crushed from your stinking mortal bones yeah he, <laughs> he really starts going ape here but like i said josiah he's still in the the thrall of his you know uh you know, uh, man, uh, I say manhood here, but, you know, feeling like he's 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 feeling himself here. He says, no, demon, the Lord shall not permit your winning. No, he will smote you with very lightning yourself. <laughs> summon then strike you dead a thousand times. And uh, this is going to be Dracula and Josiah here uh, one on one. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we got the showdown in the midst of the storm. It's pretty great. So here he comes. He's still got his giant crucifix. But Dracula's uh, not really afraid. So what does he say? Josiah Don, you have rescued me from the very clutches of death itself. And for that, you may expect your boon. Death shall be your favor. Death beneath the, beneath the fangs of Dracula. And uh, they, they come together. They, they kind of clash on the next page. Yeah, Josiah. Nay, the Lord shall crush you, demon. The Lord and his totem of truth. <laughs> and he got, yeah, he's got this giant cross and he's shoving it in Dracula's face. And Dracula does look like he's kind of, you know, rearing back a little bit. Mm -hmm. But he, I think Dracula, you know, again, he's starting to control the weather here. Yeah. So he has our buddy Josiah here who's, you know, standing uh, nice and tall, holding a giant metal crucifix during yeah. a storm. Yeah, and uh, you can kind of guess what comes next. <laughs> yeah, he gets the, the... Uh, bolt of lightning. And Dracula, man, he's got a way with words. So you think yourself a savior, do you not, Josiah Don? But you're not. You're not. It isn't your God whom you follow, 
whose word you heed, no, it's your own twisted hate, your own mindless venom. And then the lightning hits the cross, and uh, Josiah is just like, that cross looks like it's shattered by the lightning. Mm, it zaps the crap out of him, and Dracula goes on to say, and it shall not be Dracula who dies embalmed with that poisonous hate. Yeah. <laughs> no, it shall be you, you, you. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and that's it. It blows that cross apart, and uh, he's, like, frying. The lightning's basically frying him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's, uh, it, Josiah's, uh, you know, in his death throes here, and Dracula still won't stop, like, verbally pounding the crap out of this. <laughs> he can't poor, help <laughs> This poor guy, but I'll give Josiah some credit here. Even as he's dying, he reaches up and grabs Dracula by the mm-hmm. uh, shirt here and says, no, demon, you are wrong. I die, but my soul is at peace with the Lord, while yours can never know peace, but only the all-consuming hate. And he says, so live on, demon, for God's hand is on mine, and it shall be his that rules the world and not the hand of hell. And then Dracula, I sent you this panel. Yeah. <laughs> he, he's like changing into a bat, but he, his head looks like a black panther. Totally. And uh, yeah, Dracula, while he's in panther state here, fires off uh, a little uh, uh, insult at Josiah, right? Yeah. No, you are wrong, fool. It is Dracula who shall win. Dracula who shall succeed. Um, that's a great panel. Yeah, his face is insane there. But um, I suspect that uh, Josiah um, might have pushed some buttons there. I think Dracula's uh, kind of rattled by what he just said. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think they both had some uh, interesting words for each other. That's uh, yeah. I, I, I thought was really, really cool. I, yeah. I liked it a lot, and it was interesting because he doesn't do it a lot, but there are issues here and there where there is like a, a heavy, you know, religious, you know, uh, overtone or you know, storyline. And mm-hmm. I think Marv does really good with it. There's one that happens way, way down the road. I think in the 40s, 50s, maybe even the issues in the 60s i can't remember because i think 70 was the last issue but there's it's it's at least half if not two-thirds of the way through the run where uh dracula (laughs) he takes up residence in an old abandoned church Mm. and which sounds impossible but it's been so run down for years that there are no crucifixes or anything like that there's only one thing left in there that is an annoyance to him and it's like a, a painting of jesus and I can oh, wow. still remember seeing this panel where he looks over at it and he goes, the son of God in oil. And he goes, <laughs> I, I need to take this down before it, you know, like not saps my power or, you know, just kind of mm-hmm. almost like it's going to be a bit of a, an annoyance to him and bother him in some way. Yeah. And he reaches up at it to kind of grab at it and he can't even touch it. It has that much kind of like power over him. Wow. And he's like, I can't even grab this damn thing or something he wow. says and get rid of it. But yeah, it's a really, really cool. It's, it's during the time, like, I don't know if you said you, you hadn't read that far down the line, but it's, there's a point where Dracula gets involved with a satanic cult. Oh. Um, yeah, it's wild. Cause there's like a, a leader of this cult that, you know, event, you know, in the beginning thinks, Oh wow, this guy that can turn into mist and do all these crazy things. He must be yeah. Satan himself. So they think Dracula is like Satan, but you know, the guy, eventually the cult guy, gets jealous of him and then uh, ends up figuring out that he's a vampire. He's not Satan. And, you know, Dracula thinks he's even cooler than Satan. So that doesn't sit, <laughs> that doesn't sit well with the leader of a, a cult. So uh, they, they end up butting heads then too. But yeah, it's, that's, 
And again, like I said, he doesn't do this, but every so often, but when he does, you know, interject a religion yeah. into this comic, he, he does it really well. Yeah. It makes sense that it would be there once in a while. And, um, like I said, I just thought I, there were some flaws in this issue, but I think, um, I just found the idea, like I said, pretty original and, uh, different you know not it's definitely the story we haven't seen yet besides the usual like our vampire hunters finding dracula and then him kicking their butts and <laughs> leaving you know <laughs> going through that all again um i enjoyed it it was it's pretty wild yeah this was this was a really really interesting storyline i like this one quite a bit i i like i said it's just every once in a while you get these uh issues where i wouldn't say they're an anomaly but they're definitely something just a little bit different than the standard fare and they they do stand out you know in a good way and i think this one definitely does yeah i agree i totally agree definitely so all right well that's uh, gonna wrap us up for uh, this one and then yeah man we're really on the countdown here so we're gonna you know knock out 15 and 16 next which are gonna be really good 15 is crazy <laughs> it's basically like the, the the memoirs of dracula it's 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 really oh, crazy nice. but it does uh he does recount uh some stories uh from earlier in his life and one of them actually is the lead up to how he got killed and was staked right before uh frank and uh clifton and all found him in the castle so that's pretty cool oh nice yeah that'll be awesome and you and i did talk for a quick minute before we hit the record button about issue 16 which is Mm-hmm. another dracula versus uh another supernatural being as well so uh that's that's really really cool and then we're gonna do 17 and uh, uh we're gonna throw something else out there we'll talk about that on our next recording we'll let everybody yeah. in on that little secret but we're gonna match up issue 17 with uh, another uh, dracula appearance because when we get to issue 18 that's where we're gonna have our crossover with uh werewolf by night 15 i think it is where uh you know, we have the uh, mm-hmm. crossover of, uh, you know, a vampire versus werewolf. And yeah. can't wait for that, right? <laughs> yeah, super stoked for that. I'm a big werewolf by night fan, too. So I'm going to love this. <laughs> yep, that's going to be a lot of fun. So, all right. Well, that is going to take us out. But uh, if anybody's uh, looking to find you out there, uh, where can they find you? On Twitter yet, right? Yeah, please um, check me out at at scott west 69 that's my writer handle and um you ask me this every time and i've been kind of hemming and on but i'm happy to say this time that uh everything is pretty much done with my new book except i'm i'm working with the cover artist right now so i'm waiting for the cover art and then uh maybe even by the next time we record i'll be able to announce hey my new book is out so but yeah please follow me um at scott west 69 because i don't promote that account as much as i should and that's my writer account so i'd appreciate it if uh, anybody out there wants to come find me there yeah awesome awesome so yeah and and anybody that uh, you know goes there can uh, find a link in your bio to your book that is out already uh ghost on the highway which i have uh, gotten as a christmas gift and just cracked open the other night to start reading and i will talk about that more down the line uh, hey, so right on. Wanna, yeah i won't uh, <laughs> talk about it too much just to say that i did dive in and Cool. You know, once uh, once I get through it, I will definitely uh, be talking about it more down the line. Uh, so, uh, yeah, look forward to that. And, uh, yeah, look forward to more episodes with you and I. And then uh, a crossover probably uh, May, June, somewhere in there with uh, 
uh, our buddy uh, Al Sedano. That's uh, covering Werewolf by Night with me uh, uh, on this uh, show too. Usually, uh, usually Tomb of Dracula is awesome. the second week of the month, and then uh, Werewolf by Night's the third. That's uh, kind of the schedule I've been trying to keep on. But yeah, you guys are my every month, and then I sprinkle in some other stuff in the meantime. But uh, yeah, really looking forward to that crossover and having both of you guys on to talk about that cool yeah. crossover. Yeah, yeah, that's gonna be a lot of fun. Yeah, really good intrigue there with the two monster characters, and then uh, you know the the crazy book that uh, is in the past history of Werewolf by Night and everything. It's really cool. It's a good storyline, and then again, it leads into some really great stuff afterwards, and Doctor Sun, and oh, all sorts of great stuff. So, yeah, looking right forward up. to it. <laughs> Me too. All right. Well, like I said, that's gonna wrap us up, and uh, we're gonna get out of here, and then I'll be back in a minute to wrap up the show. Hi, I'm Jeff Owens. And I'm Richard Chamberlain. And we want you to join our club, the Classic Horrors Club. Every month, Richard and I host the Classic Horrors Club podcast, where we talk about our favorite subject, horror movies. Some of them are classics. We all go a little mad sometimes. And some definitely aren't. What you see is real. What's done is done, and what I've done is right. It's the work of science. But we love them all the same. We also have special theme months where we highlight the legendary stars. And we head to the drive-ins of the past every summer for exciting double and triple features. Hi, I'm Chili Dilly, the personality pickle. And we even have occasional guests. My obsession, and it is truly an obsession, I suppose, of Frankenstein the True Story dates back to when it first aired in two parts on NBC in 1973. So join the fun and listen to the Classic Horrors Club podcast today. Hosted by SoundCloud, we're available wherever fine podcasts are found. And for even more fun, check out the video companion on our YouTube channel. And remember, we sincerely appreciate your patronage and hope we've succeeded in bringing you an enjoyable evening of entertainment. All right, everybody, that's going to wrap up this episode. Once again, I want to thank Scott for being on the show. I uh, love having him on. Uh, we love talking about the Tomb of Dracula. You know, uh, look out uh, sometime maybe this summer as well. He and I might get together and talk about a film as well. So definitely look forward to that and definitely check out his book, uh, Ghosts on the Highway. And I think he's got another one cooking real soon too. So make sure you uh, are on the lookout for that. All right, take care, everybody.